Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Catch Me Outside. If you follow Catch Me Outside on Instagram, you probably already know this, but if not, let me formally announce that I, your host, Megan Dallaire, am planning a long-ass section hike on the PCT this spring. Uh, my permit was approved last week, and I'll be starting my hike from the southern terminus near the end of April. So this year, I am planning to hike as far as Oregon, finishing around Ashland. And next year, I'd like to finish the trail by hiking the Oregon and Washington sections. But, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, so yeah, very, very exciting. I am planning to continue releasing episodes throughout my hike in the form of dispatches from the PCT. So if you've listened to episode 14, Dispatches from the Saguenay Fjord, then you already have an idea of how those will go. For today, though, I've got another expert interview for you. Food is the fuel that allows adventurers to hike and climb and paddle and swim and cycle and, well, adventure. It's more than just calories. It contains the vitamins and minerals that help our muscles repair themselves, help our bones stay strong, our eyes sharp, helps keep us warm during chilly nights in the backcountry. And, you know, a delicious meal at the end of a long day can be a huge source of comfort. Nutrition can make or break an adventure. So for today's episode, I interview Aaron Owens Mayhew, founder of Backcountry Foodie. Backcountry Foodie is a leading source for ultralight backpacking recipes and meal planning resources, and Aaron is a registered dietitian and ultralight long-distance backpacker. Aaron founded Backcountry Foodie in 2017 while preparing homemade lightweight meals for her thru-hike attempt of the PCT, and has since sectioned and thru-hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Oregon Coast Trail, the Colorado Trail, and the Condor Trail. On today's episode, she shares advice for beginner and casual backpackers, as well as her best meal planning and nutritional advice uh, for before and during a thru-hike or, or long-distance hike. By the way, regarding rehydrating meals in freezer bags, which Aaron and I discussed during the episode, I looked it up and according to CNET.com, it is safe to use water heated up to about 195 degrees Fahrenheit or 90.6 degrees Celsius, um, although boiling water may be hot enough to melt the plastic of, of a freezer bag. So if you're rehydrating meals in freezer bags, maybe... Uh, let the water cool a little before it's uh, af after it's boiled or or heat it, but don't boil it. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, thank you to everyone who listens to the show, who has subscribed and given the show a good rating or a review on your favorite podcast app. And to everyone who has supported the show through the Catch Me Outside Patreon, if you haven't subscribed and you'd like to help out, or just score some Catch Me Outside swag or bonus content, consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash catchmeoutside. Anyway, I'm Megan Dallaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. Well, thanks for thanks for coming onto the show. Um, I've been excited to to have you on since we chatted a couple weeks ago, and and just um, yeah, looking forward to benefiting from your <laughs> your knowledge and your experience. Before we get into some of your your best um, advice, like what 
what have you been up to lately with with um, Backcountry Foodie? What's what's going on with you? Oh gosh, Backcountry Foodie is really busy. This time of year is kind of the off season for hiking for us here in the U.S. Um, I know things are ramping up in Australia. People are finally getting their summer. Um, but here, this is when I take kind of the opportunity to get things done. Um, we are inches away from launching our hiking calorie calculator, which I'm super Ooh. excited about because it takes into all the variables, all the other calculators don't that are currently out there. Um, it actually does your full 24 hour time period, whereas a lot of the calculators just do your actual hiking um, calories burn, not how much you burn while you're sleeping, how much you burn while you're sitting on a camp, those kinds of things. It's a true right. 24 hour measurement. Um, so I just got off the phone this morning with my algorithm expert. Um, so we're super, I mean, we're within days of launching it. So that's super exciting. It's taken us an entire year to get this thing nailed down. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty complex. I'm pretty excited. Um, so that's going to you know. launch. Yeah. Um, we're rebranding the site. We've got a brand new logo. We're going to freshen up the site. So it's now, oh gosh, I want to say four years old. So that's kind of rebranding is getting really excited. The resupply box service I'm launching is super duper exciting. Um, so now I'm going to essentially make resupply boxes for hikers and ship them for them throughout their trip. So that's coming up too. And we're launching coaching. So we've got a lot going on right now oh my for God. nutrition coaching too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you have your own, so you, you are a nutritionist. Yes. Yes. Registered and a dietitian. Yep. Registered Regist dietitian nutritionist. <laughs> okay. Okay. And a, and a hiker. And a hiker. So so how did these two areas come together for you? When like was were you a through hiker first, or or were you a registered um, dietitian first, or yeah, like how did this all come about? How did you come to be um, backcountry foodie? <laughs> Well, it started uh, just over 20 years now. So I became a hiker and a backpacker, excuse me, a hiker and a dietitian simultaneously, um, not on purpose. Um, I grew up in small town, Kentucky, where we just didn't hike. We didn't camp. Those weren't things we did. It wasn't until 2001 when I moved out to Seattle, Washington for graduate school. Um, where I'd just become a dietitian that I was like, wow, these mountains are pretty amazing. Um, and I was dating somebody at the time that was a hiker and backpacker. So he introduced me to it. So that's when I fell in love with hiking. Um, it wasn't until fast forward until 2016 when I was going to through hike the PCT that actually put nutrition and hiking together. Okay. Um, because I had always been just a day hiker. You know, you can kind of get away with eating whatever. Um, overnight backpacker, same thing. If you're yeah. a little hungry, you eat pizza on the way home, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I've never really paid any attention to the nutrition. Um, it wasn't until, like I was saying, 2016 when I was starting to prep for my PCT hike that I started panicking about it because I was actually a long distance trail runner at the time and knew that nutrition was super important for my runs. So once I started thinking, I'm like, oh gosh, like if I'm already struggling with getting enough calories in me and staying, keep, keeping from bonking while I'm running, how on earth am I going to eat enough? You know, while I'm through hiking for 10, 12 hours a day for five months straight. Yeah. Um, so that's when I dove into the nutrition part of hiking was almost 20 years later. <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. And so you hiked the PCT in 2016 um, well, actually, I started prepping for it in 2016. I started on my 40th, it was my 40th birthday present to myself. Um, so you. March 26th of 2017 is when I started, right. um, quit my job, like threw it all away. I hate to say threw it all away, but I just left it all behind. <laughs> Had a midlife crisis and it's kind of some of those, one of those things where PCT hikers are just like, I need a break kind of thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I got injured, so I didn't get to finish it, but okay. I've since gone on to like hike other big trails along the way. So. 
do you have uh do you have any I mean, you must be so busy with Backcountry Foodie, but like, do you have any other hikes coming up or adventures like that? I'm actually working on, we recently moved to California, the Central Coast last year. So I'm currently working on the Condor Trail, which is a 400 mile trail here within the shortest distance is about 45 minutes from my house. The longest distance is about three to four hours. So it's something I can do really easily while I'm still working full time. Yeah. Um, I had intentionally planned to long distance section hike it within like a few weeks until I realized how hard it is. Okay. <laughs> and okay. now it's going to be like a two year project. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've done 150 of the 400 miles and I'm getting ready to start actually in two weeks from now, I'm going to start refinishing up the sections that I haven't finished. So wow. hopefully by February, March, I should have finished it. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so a lot of section hiking. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, uh, I wonder if it's a similar length because it takes about the same amount of time to drive to the end of this trail in Ontario, mm-hmm. but we have another, we have a trail as well that people tend to section hike like that, just sort of from one end to the other. Um, yeah. Well, in this one, when I originally learned about it, I thought, oh, I've done a lot of long distance hiking. Like this would be a piece of cake, you know, no big yeah. deal, but this one's a totally different beast. It's actually more of a route than it wow. is a true trail. So I've learned okay. that what normally would be a one day hike, it can be a day and a half to two day hike kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's a lot of really overgrown places where I just won't go by myself. And I always hike solo. That's what I do. So yeah. finding somebody that's willing to go into a really rough area <laughs> has been a challenge to go with me. So that's why it's been more logistics than the actual hike itself that's taken so long. Yeah. And it, and and routes like that, that are not so clearly defined I feel like they they involve a lot of decision making and planning and things like that like you're really kind of like making hitting crossroads you know like making making choices constantly about yeah how to how to approach it and where to walk and that kind well, of thing this is the first trip I've done that I've actually taken paper maps wow to make sure I have bailout points because normally wow. you can look on guy and be like okay a to b very clear you know I'm getting on and off trail but this is like what do I do when I really get stuck like how am yeah. I getting out of here so I need a big picture so that's when I've actually carried paper maps in front of me while hiking, which has been a very unusual experience for this trip. Um, but it's exciting. I'm excited to be able to say I did it. <laughs> and and are you um, are you doing anything different nutritionally for this trip? Are you testing any recipes? Are you testing any any methods or anything like? Well, I mean, I guess you're mo- you're you're day hiking, but even even for for day hikes or or short you know overnight trips, are you testing any? Um, yeah, any product or, or methods or recipes or anything like that? That's funny that you should ask um, because the first section, I, I started it last February and hiked until June. I only ate food from the Dollar Tree. Um, oh, so my whole plan was to prove that you could eat on a budget, eat well on a budget. Yeah. So when I say that I only ate food from the Dollar Tree, people are like, they gasp, they're like, oh my gosh, you're like, all you ate was processed food. It's like, no, 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 no. My whole point was to eat like healthy food but on a really, really cheap budget. So I think I came up with 14 or 15 brand new recipes um, just from that experience. So now I'm trying to come up with a few more for this next section um, because I'm getting so many requests from through hikers wanting to resupply from like gas stations, you know, convenience stores and those kinds of things. So I think that's kind of this next section's plan is I'm going to see how well I can pull that off. Oh my God. And can people read about how that went? somewhere like on your website or have you blogged about it yet or anything like that? Um, I haven't blogged about it, but I talk a lot about that stuff on my Instagram and Facebook. Right. So usually as soon as I get back, I'm like, this went really well. This was a disaster. You know, (laughs) I'm very open about sharing the things that work and don't work just so other people don't make the same mistakes kind of thing. 
Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Okay, and so yeah, so people can go see that uh, at I believe is it just at Backcountry Foodie on Instagram? Um, it's Backcountry underscore Foodie. Okay, and then Facebook's just Backcountry Foodie. So if you just scroll through, anytime there's a block of meal plans, a block of like food that's been packed, you just scroll through those, and then that's usually when I've talked about whatever I packed for a particular trip. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, part of the reason that I'm I'm recording this episode and and talking to you is is you know because I want well the the big part of it is because I want listeners to benefit from this information. But selfishly, uh, I also <laughs> this is coming for you too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I have a lot of my own planning to do. So, um, but you know, since since I am. Um, you know, hoping that that this episode will be helpful for a, a whole array of listeners and of hikers. I thought maybe we could start with some of your best kind of like beginner backpacking tips. Um, you know, for shorter hikes, I I don't know if um, if you recommend more. You know, kind of like yeah, I don't know. I I <laughs> I don't actually have any specific questions for this section, as as you probably saw when I when I sent my email earlier. Just sort of. Yeah, if you could share um, kind of your philosophy about shorter trips um, and and just some advice that you would share with people who are just sort of dabbling in in shorter backpacking trips and backcountry camping trips. I think I kind of alluded it a few minutes ago is don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Um, if you're just getting into it, ideally, the biggest thing is take foods that you're going to enjoy because that's going to make the experience just that much better. Um, and if you can try and taste test things at home, this goes for any distance mm. of a hike is taste test things at home, um, beforehand, just to make sure it actually tastes good. So that way here you've gone on your first solo backpacking trip. You're super excited and proud of yourself, but then you have a dinner that you just can't stand, oh, you know, it just yeah. kind of like is a real downer to your day. Um, so that kind of stuff is take foods that you enjoy. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, pack, don't stress so much about the calories and those kinds of things, because like I said, you're going to be able to go back to your car and have dinner right away. You're not having to recover um, your muscles like you would if you're doing like a 20 day hike kind of thing where you're yeah. really burning up uh, muscle tissue and that kind of thing. Um, you can always pack a little extra food if you're really nervous about it, then that way you're not having to carry that extra food. It's not compounding on itself, like in a through hike where you might not eat, I don't know, a couple snacks one day, a couple snacks the next day. And then by the time you're going to resupply, you have three days of leftover food right. kind of thing. So it's not as big of a deal. Um, if you do want to overpack a little bit just for the first couple trips, um, but what I do recommend people do, so starting out from the beginning, is keep a food log the mm. best you can, is write down what you had on your trip. And then the next trip, you can think back, did that work? Did that not work? You know, what did I like, dislike? And that way you don't make those same mistakes again. So then yeah. you just get better and better and better with time. So when through hiking season comes and you've made that decision to be out there for five months, you already have all that data. Like you've already done all your homework. You're not having to hustle like, oh gosh, it's 30 days out. What am I going to do? You know, kind of like what I did when I panicked yeah. <laughs> right before my trip. And I'm a dietitian. So I have since learned from my experience that don't do that. Um, so I think for shorter trips, it's just kind of like doing that initial kind of documentation, I guess you'd say. I mean, I guess it's a right. little bit of work up front, but it actually will really help you in the long term. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts on, I mean, this would be purely for pleasure since, as you said, people don't have to worry about becoming, you know, anemic or getting scurvy on a weekend backpacking trip. Um, but what are your thoughts on packing out like real cheese or, or some, some, you know, veggies or whatever for like a first night on trail kind of thing when you only have to carry it for a day or something like that? If, oh, if people absolutely. I do it myself. 
Yeah. yeah like I, I'm a huge cheese fan. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I love picking out cheese. I don't necessarily pack out other <laughs> veggies unless I'm able to eat like the whole thing. Yeah. Because it leaves no trace purposes is that, I mean, if I'm taking out an orange, you, you really should be packing the rind back home with you or a oh, banana, sure. you know, those kinds of things that yeah. I just rather not have to worry about packing all those extra things back out. Um, Fair. But I know a ton of people love taking avocados. Just make sure you take the pit back home and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess that's kind of it. Um, do you have any favorite, um, like meals or recipes for these shorter trips? Like, you know, um, maybe meals that people can be a little more like gourmet about. Um, I suppose these might be on your website. Uh, yeah. You're actually going to laugh because I'm not a gourmet cook. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay, yes, Dollar Tree. I am a lazy cook. I might be a dietitian and love food, but I'm a very lazy cook. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely not the place to come if you're wanting gourmet meals. There's definitely (laughs) other websites and cookbooks. That's actually one of the reasons why I developed Backcountry Foodie is they were way too much work. Yeah. Too many ingredients and all those kind of things. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Actually, behind me, I have my whole stack of cookbooks. Um. The Lip Smackin' Good, I think it's something like Lip Smackin' Backpackin' has a really good mm. set of like gourmet recipes. And then, oh gosh, there's something about um, the Hungry Spork, I think is another one that has really good gourmet recipes in it, that kind of thing. But okay. ours are very simple. They're meant to be for like the busy person that's working all week long, you know, is tired, doesn't have time. They're all dry ingredients based. Just dump things in a bag and then out the door you go kind of thing. Add some hot water. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, okay. So... So now let's say we have, we've got lots of weekend hikes under our belt. We, as in, I don't know, me or, or <laughs> you back before your long distance hikes and, uh, you know, or people listening to the show, we've got our, we've got lots of weekend hikes under our belt and, um, and we just got our permit for the PCT. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and our, 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 you know, kind of getting ready for that hike. So I guess, first of all, um, because I find people are people people get so excited about things like like through hiking that they want to prep in every way they can in the months leading up to the hike just to have something to do. So, um, you know, in that spirit, like how important is it for people to think about their pre-trail diets? Like there's a lot of emphasis on conditioning and training and things like that. But um, is there you know, is it important to make sure that you're eating enough of certain foods before a hike? Um, does it really matter? Yeah. Um, talking about like macronutrients wise, like carbs, protein, and fat, I don't think it's as big of a deal because those are things that you're going to be consuming every single day when you're backpacking, um, and greater amounts than you normally do on a a regular day at home. So I think pre-hike, that's not as big of a deal. Um, it's more like the vitamins and minerals that if you already follow a diet, that's really low in those, then you're just going to set yourself up for a through hike being at risk for deficiency that much sooner. Um, kind of thing because just the processing of backpacking foods, they're already vitamin deficient. Well, I hate to say vitamin deficient, but um, the percentage of the vitamins is lost just through the processing. Um, dehydrating food actually reduces vitamins, B vitamins and vitamin C and even vitamin A up to 50%. What? Of the original amount. Yeah. Oh my because God. Because it's the exposure to heat for so many hours. Right. The heat exposure just degrades it, just especially vitamin C is like practically totally gone. Right. Um, Yeah. So even though you're eating like all these great ingredients in your meals, just because of the processing, then you're losing that. Um, Then the other thing to kind of think in mind is that let's say you have a regular fresh apple at home and then you dehydrate it. It's half that portion. 
yeah. because it just shrinks down by 50%. Now you lose 50% of whatever vitamins are in there. So now you need to eat almost like two full apples to get the same amount, if that makes sense. So you right. need two. So it's just that much more and nobody eats that much dried apple. That's just right. not something you normally do by the handful kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. so just keeping up with your vitamins that way is kind of hard to do. Um, if you tend to do more freeze dried, 97% of the vitamins are kept because of that processing oh. It's just kind of a flash of heat and flash freezing kind of thing. So it's just, it's not degraded as much. However, it's extremely expensive. All those meals are really expensive to buy that yeah. way. So unless you, I now personally have a freeze dryer and I absolutely love it. Oh my um, God but it's a huge investment. So if it's not something you're going to do over and over and again, it's not really worth it. But I, I haven't purchased ingredients in over a year now because I just dry all my own. Um, envious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just saying, you know, the other one, so not even vitamins. Um, but you're kind of talking about anemia earlier is that if you're already somewhat anemic or at risk of being anemic at home, then you're really going to be at risk for anemia when you're on the trail, because if you're eating a highly processed diet, you're not going to get as that as much iron, you're not, if you're like a steak or burger eater, you're not going to get those things on a regular, um, when you're hiking too sometimes. So those kinds of things, it's just, and just the actual hitting the ground with your feet actually can cause anemia too. It's called, um, foot strike hemolysis, I think is what it's called. Um, there's actually a phenomenon about, you'd have to talk to like a physical therapist or somebody, they know that a lot better than I would, but there's actually, I think it destroys the red blood cells. Right. Um, just the actual physical compounding kind of thing. So wow, you're kind of blowing my mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) Walking too much could, could, could contribute to anemia, your risk of anemia. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. So talking about vitamins and minerals, obviously like there are, um, and I'm probably going to oversimplify this horribly. So please feel free to call me out. Um, (laughs) cause if anyone can do that. It's you. Like, you know, if anyone's in a position no, to do it. that, it's you. Okay. So my understanding is vitamins like, like vitamin C are, um, quote unquote, like water soluble or whatever. Like you, you, you don't store them. You just, you, you could have tons of vitamin C, but you'll take what you need and then just flush exactly. out the rest. Yep. Are there vitamins and minerals that you can kind of bank <laughs> ahead of time? Um, no. Okay. Not okay. water soluble. No. Um, and then like the fat soluble ones are the ones that you do store, but that becomes problematic because then you hit toxicity levels. Right. Um, okay. So you don't want to like eat tons and tons and tons, hoping that's going to hold you over for a right. hike. It's more just eating a regular diet, just consistently kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just having a healthy baseline. Yeah. Just a healthy baseline. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, and then Okay, I'm thinking because now I have follow up questions about the whole freeze dried versus <laughs> dehydrated. But um, sticking sticking to the the sort of section that we're on. Um, so then, you know, aside from just making sure that your baseline, you know, health is 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 really decent. Um, what kind of prep work do you do, or should people do before a long distance hike to kind of make sure that they'll be adequately fed on trail? Like, do you um, calculate caloric nutrient needs do you make meal plans for for you know for a lot of a hike I mean I know that you're resupplying at and most people are going to be resupplying at like convenience stores and things like that but do you sort of like set I don't know like metrics for nutrients and things like that like what kind of research and planning and calculating should people be doing before a hike to make sure that they're they're setting themselves up for success and this is actually what I've found works the best for my coaching clients is we just come up with a basic template of 
here's kind of a rough idea of what breakfast would look like. Here's a rough idea of what lunch and dinner would look like. And here's how to fill in between with however many snacks. Um, and how we do that is going all the way back to keeping those hiking food journals is how many calories did you eat on a hike that was relatively similar to what your PCT is going to look like. Um, and then we can use that as your starting point. And then you're obviously, as your hike goes, you're probably going to add more. I mean, it's really hard to estimate what it's, what you're going to do, how fast you're going to go. Right. You know, the train, it's really hard to know that kind of thing. So in my personal experience, I've learned that less planning is better because I, when I did the, my plan for the PCT, I planned out the entire five months, no. <laughs> not knowing any different. Again, this is like right when I started thinking about nutrition and backpacking is that I was like, okay, I'm a dietitian. This is what I'm good at. I love it. And then two weeks in, you're like, boof. Like the whole plan is just around out the window yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I found less planning is better. Have a general plan in mind. So when you are shopping, you can keep in mind that I know I need 500 calorie breakfast. That seems to be working well. I'm not running out of energy within the first couple of hours. Um, dinner, like a 700 calorie dinner seems to feel just full enough. Like I'm not overly full, you know, I'm not that kind of thing. Um, and then snacks really recommending you have to eat snacks in between meals. Um, I know there's a lot of intermittent fasting folks. And people that do the, I think it's called one meal a day diet, I think is what it's called. Um, but that can work at home, but you're not in a home situation anymore. So it's a very different kind of plan. So just making sure you've got snacks built in between. Um, I think, does that answer your question? I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. I think so. Well, and then, I mean, is there is there sort of a formula or a tool oh, right. people can use to sort of calculate their their needs? I know you mentioned, I can't remember if we had started recording yet, but you mentioned that you're working on getting something up and running. Um, if you're not ready to announce that yet, though, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> but, oh, no, uh, no, no, that's definitely, yeah. that's definitely been in the plans. Um, we're developing a hiking calorie calculator. Right. Yeah. Um, that's been in the works for over a year now. We're getting, like I was saying earlier when we were chatting, it's within a few days of launching, so I'm super Super excited. Right. Um, not, excited. Not, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Not to imply that you haven't already announced it, but I just want, didn't want to put you oh, on no, the spot. Oh, yeah. no. Everybody, all of our like internal people know about it. All of our yeah. members know about it, that kind of thing. I haven't announced it to like the entire community yet, but it is there. Okay. Um, the reason why I'm excited about it is that it takes into all the variables that the other calculators don't. Um, it takes into account like your pack weight, your how long you're hiking, the grade of the hike, the terrain that you're on. Um, it takes into account like how if it's high altitude or not, it takes into account, is it cold or hot? Um, it takes into account your age, your sex. Um, what else does it take into account? There's one other variable that I'm leaving out. Uh, there's something else, but, oh, how many calories are burning when you're sitting? Oh, of course, <laughs> when not, yeah. When you're not actually hiking, when you're, it's your resting metabolic rate. So your, your heart's you're beating just, and you're breathing. and <laughs> Right, when you're sleeping at night, you actually yeah. need calories when you're sleeping. So that's one of the things the calculators out there currently are primarily just when you're actively hiking. Right. And then, I'm finding people are packing those calories and not like a 24 hour supply. Right. Um, so that's kind of why ours is a little bit better, but going back and thinking about the actual macronutrients and calculations and those things is um, for carbohydrates for a backpacker. If you want to get nerdy, get down a piece of pen, a pen and paper right now, if you're listening. <laughs> um, typically for a through hiker, that's kind of a low intensity, moderate intensity hike um, is six to eight grams per kilogram. Okay per day of carbohydrate. Okay. So multiply how much you weigh in kilograms times six or eight, and that gives you a 24 hour time period grams of carbs that okay. you need. And that's where I was saying, once you're in the grocery store and start shopping, you divide that up into how many meals and snacks throughout the day. And then you can be like, this one has the carbs that I need. Okay, this is a great option. Um, this one's really low in carbs and okay, maybe I need to add in a pack of crackers or something to get the carbs up on that meal Right. or that kind of thing. Um, 
so that's where I was talking about just kind of the general guidelines that we do um, versus saying like every single meal needs this many calories, this many, whatever, whatever. Um, and then protein wise uh, for hiker kind of low intensity to moderate intensity, same kind of numbers as 1.2 grams per kilogram um, okay. body weight for the day. So take your body weight times 1.2 and that gives you a 24 hour time period, similar kind of thing, just split it up throughout the day. Um, because your body doesn't store extra protein. That's why you don't need to go well over and above protein. It only uses right. what it needs. Um, but to think about how you're going to best use that protein at the end of the day is when you really need to make sure you have some protein in your dinner, um, because that's going to help your muscles recover and you'll feel better the next morning. Right. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. And so those calculations are for sort of the generic, like moderate, hiker kind of right. okay that's okay. definitely not an elite athlete kind of thing yeah. any stretch of the <laughs> I, I help probably your everyday weekend warrior kind of person is yeah. helping so if you're an elite athlete going for an fkt you know a fastest known time then you need to talk to a sports performance dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess now you know thinking about during a hike um okay so something i'm something i'm curious about we, we've already talked about how um you know processing food kind of degrades some of the vitamins and minerals and you sort of blew my mind with the dehydrating thing. I, I guess I didn't realize that you lost so much in the process of dehydrating, but, um, is it like, how do people get all of the vitamins and minerals and, and macronutrients and micronutrients that they need from, you know, the, the kind of food that they can get at convenience stores? Like, is it, is it sort of a viable nutrition strategy to eat, you know, basically whatever you, you can find and then supplement with vitamins and green powders and breakfast shapes and all or sh shapes, all the breakfast shapes, um, <laughs> <laughs> breakfast shakes and, and all of those kinds of things. Or yeah. How, how would you recommend? Yeah. Balancing those things. Um, well, starting with the vitamins and minerals part, I personally just take a multivitamin Oh, just okay. because it takes that pressure off of me of having to worry about like, I need like so many more fruits and veggies in my meals. It's just, yeah. that's one more stress. I use more fruits and veggies as flavor enhancers personally, right. oh. because I know like they've already, they're not, I have to eat so much more of them to get the nutrition that I need that that's oh. just, I take that whole stress away. So if it tastes good, then that's great. Then I just take a multivitamin to top me off essentially kind of thing. Um, okay. So, so like packing out a crown of broccoli every couple of weeks or something is not really going to make or break your hike. <laughs> it's like, it's not going to. Right. give you the nutrients no. you need okay okay right no this is an everyday kind of thing you just yeah I mean if broccoli makes you happy absolutely go do that I mean if packing out apple orange you know those kinds of things makes you happy I mean natural vitamins and minerals are definitely better than you know synthetic I guess you could say yeah um so if that works for you um great just personally again I'm a lazy cook <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not I'm a lazy cook um, so I just like my food to taste really good, but the macronutrients, the carbs and the protein and the fat, those I really pay attention to. Like yeah. those are non-negotiable for me. Okay. Um, because not having enough carbs, I know how my body reacts if I don't have it. And as I've gotten older, I know if I don't have protein in the evening, I don't recover nearly as well the next morning. So those I don't, that's for sure. Like those get done. The vitamins and minerals, because it takes so long to become deficient, I'm less worried about because most of my trips, I'm not out there for, I, like, I haven't finished the PCT yet. So right. I haven't had the six month long extended kind of thing. Um, most of mine more recently or two months or so. So I'm still not at the point where I'm going to be 
Only two months. Only, only <laughs> yeah, you can see me kind of like <laughs> only two months. Sorry. My head. Only two months. <laughs> yeah, five hundred, six hundred miles for me is like no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm again, I'm a weekend. I walk very slowly. I'm not like a speed hiker or anything. I'm out there just to enjoy the experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so those multivitamin I prefer myself just because it's easy. It takes the stress off of that. But like I said, and I think you're talking about convenience stores and those kind of things. It's definitely harder. Um, but this is why I'm using this next season as my experiment to figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. so it's more of just thinking about getting away from the processed food aisles and kind of paying more attention, like looking where are the cheese sticks, you know, mm-hmm. where instead of doing, I'm trying to think of some foods, like instead of just a tortilla and tuna packet, maybe do like tortilla and put some Parmesan cheese in it. Mm. This is actually one of my recipes is tuna. Parmesan cheese, um, some salt and pepper and olive oil. So make mm. it more like an actual meal instead of just the packet. Yeah. And then instead of using our tortilla, which for me is highly processed, I like to use Triscuits instead oh. because there's just more fiber in there. There's a little more complex car, you know, those kinds of things. So there's more fat in it. Oh. So I get a little more nutrition in a Triscuit than I do a tortilla. Oh. Um, so that's kind of a way to get away from one and try something else. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I know hikers love like Welch's fruit snacks that are just pure sugar. So maybe <laughs> instead of those, you use like a fig bar, like a Newton's right. fig bar. So that way love you're still getting things. the sugar, but there's still fiber in it. You know, so there's yeah. instead of this, use this kind of thing. I think right. it's more the kind of thought process you need when you're in this grocery store. Right. So kind of and I mean, that's something anyone can do just by reading the nutrition information mm-hmm. and, and, and looking at the list of ingredients and, you know, can right. I pronounce these things and how many are there and whatever. So, right. yeah, that makes sense. That's that's kind of like common sense. And and what about your thoughts on on like, you know, like breakfast shakes and and powdered, you know, powdered vegetable stuff that you add to whatever or protein shakes like those kinds of things? I'm a huge fan of shakes, personally, Same. <laughs> um, because. <laughs> Some mornings I need to get up and get going really quickly. So I just add a little water, shake it up out the door or out the tent door, I guess I'd say I could go. Um, And then there's been times like when I was doing the Colorado trail in 2021, I absolutely lost all of my appetite, like zero. And I'm a foodie, like food is a big part of my life. I love to eat. So for me to not want to eat was really strange. Um, So I lived off of those. That's how I got through. And I never hit the wall. I didn't lose any weight. Um, so I drank, I think at least three of those full ones a day. And then I had one as a snack and I would eat maybe a half of a meal per day and a, a bar kind of thing, but I did wow. fine. Were they like because, carnation ones? Um, yeah, they're my recipes that I built that are full meal replacements. So oh, they're like yeah. car- carnation instant breakfast, um, yeah. whole milk powder, some peanut oh, butter yeah. powder. Um, I love like smoothie ones to where I've ground out some oats, I've ground up almonds, um, freeze dried fruit. I love lemon powder. It just gives a nice zing to things. Mm. Um, so those kind of things where I make it more into like a smoothie consistency. Right. Um, and then I have some that I use instant coffee to get like an afternoon boost. Mm. <laughs> so if I need a little caffeine, then it's like another little zing to kind of get me through the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. And so, so you mentioned, um, you know, powdered milk, powdered peanut butter. So these are things that, you know, I guess you, you can't really buy them in small quantities unless I guess maybe you find them at a bulk store and you can carry a little but I'm thinking like are these so I'm and you'd I'm be trying... surprised I'm gonna oh, really I'm gonna you'd be surprised yeah. oh, at grocery okay. stores you can get um like the PB fit yeah you can get in a smaller jar, jar of the peanut butter powder oh. um 
And then if they only have the big powder, they tend to have the almond butter powder, which oh. is smaller because not many people use. So you could actually just use that instead. Okay. Uh, because it's a smaller quantity. And then um, the milk powder can actually come in like a small can too. Or really? if you're not so worried about as many calories, you could actually do the non-fat milk powder in the, right. the uh, baking section. Right. And it comes in a significantly smaller container oh, too. Man. The things um, we don't have here in Canada, I'm trying to- Oh yeah, I forgot. Here. Right. Well, but you know, if somebody's planning to hike a U.S. long trail, it won't be. Let me show you. Oh, one sec. This is this is pretty much what you can uh, like. This this is like the volume of of a peanut butter jar that you would. Get oh right, for. that's similar to what I'm saying. But yeah. for okay. what my recipes are, you can make five servings quickly. Yeah. So you make like a whole week's worth of servings, and then like the jar is empty. So so something that I'm trying to figure out if if this is going to be a pain in the ass if it's going to make sense if if it okay so I'm thinking and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this strategy having staples that you carry with you all the time from town to town like I've I hoard I don't know how practical this is but I hoard like mayo packets mustard packets things like that I have you know like bulk powdered milk and bulk like powdered well it's not really bulk powdered peanut butter is that is it a very viable strategy to have like you know some ingredients some staple ingredients that you just kind of always carry that you can add to dishes as you go as you shop for for things at the grocery store um so like you know i have a list of examples like dehydrated broccoli and mushrooms which i'm now realizing probably it's aren't going to help do a whole you that lot much. for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> just add more weight to your backpack <laughs> yeah but yeah what about things like yeah like the powdered um powdered milk or powdered peanut butter or you know the mayo packets and the mustard packets like is it worth carrying some things from town to town to add them to supplement like foods that you buy as you go um, I think it depends more on like your flavor preferences, right? If kind of when you're in town and you're just not finding what you're wanting, like if you can find plain couscous, but then if you're carrying some extra dried fruit or something with you and you can dump it in there, kind of spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Or if you're going through town and you're getting just plain oatmeal packets, you can add the milk powder. That's like your bulk supply into those to add some right. more nutrition to it. Yeah. Um, like I love Parmesan cheese, so I always carry it. So I dump that in everything. Yeah. Um, so I think those kind of staples could add a little bit of nutrition, but I don't think it's going to be substantial enough to really like meet your daily needs. It might add in an extra 50 to hundred calories kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I think it's more of a, are you okay with carrying that extra weight in between and hoping you're going to use it versus like actually buying exactly what you need in town, knowing you're going to eat all that. Right. Um, so it's actually personal preference. Yeah. Kind of yeah. If anything, I would think carrying like maybe a spice kit or something like an urban spice kit or some hot sauce, you know, if some of the meals are just really, really bland, yeah, <laughs> then that actually may not add so much nutrition, but it would add enjoyment yeah. to the meal kind of thing. For sure. For sure. Well, I like, I, I, I'm not even sure when the last time was that I had ramen noodles without adding peanut butter. I just right. like, won't, <laughs> I never eat a plate. No, it. they, the noodles are just like the base. It's everything yeah. else that goes in that makes them taste good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so it's personal preference. It might be worthwhile to carry some staple ingredients to kind of spice things up, but it's not, it's not again, going to make or break your hike nutritionally. No, I don't think it's going to be that substantial unless you're carrying that, that volume of staple ingredients. But I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, that's a lot of extra space in my pack that I might use that milk powder this week. I may not use it the next week, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I know that's, that's, 
yeah, again, something that I'm wrestling with. So it's good to have, uh, yeah, it's good to have your, your insight into that. So, um, I had a whole long question here about people who want to balance convenience and nutrition, um, resupplying in stores, carrying out fruits and vegetables. But I mean, I think we've already kind of addressed that. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like how, how would you suggest if there's anything else that you would add, uh, in terms of finding a healthy balance between convenience and nutrition when you're on a long distance hike, um, yeah. Is there anything else you would add to that? Is it, you know, like, um, I think just the kind of thinking instead of this, using that kind of right. thought process. And yeah. then again, the whole personal preference, I don't resupply in town at all because I just don't like to worry about it. I oh, wow. have all my meals ahead of time. Um, but I'm fortunate enough that I have my husband at home Then he can, if I get tired of something, he can pull something out, throw something else in so he can mix things up for me a little bit. Oh. Um, but I personally, my, my zero days are my zero days. Like I don't do anything. <laughs> right. So instead of going into town and figuring like, oh gosh, now I have to think about how many calories do I need to pack? Like how many days worth do I need to pack? I need to get a ride to this grocery store, you know, that right. kind of thing that I'd rather just do all that front ended instead of oh. worrying about it like in the moment kind of thing. So it's purely like personal preference. Some people would rather resupply along the way. Some like the hybrid method. I prefer just to do it all up front. Okay. So meaning like you would plan every meal kind of thing? So I plan out my whole trip's worth of food. Wow. Okay. okay. So I just plan out like tons and tons of breakfast, tons and tons of lunch, tons and tons of dinners. Um, and then I actually, I prepackage them all in one day supplies um, ahead of time. So that way my husband knows. And then when I originally was organized for the PCT, I had them numbered like one, two, three, four, five. I did 14 days different yeah. supplies. So I never ate the same thing for 14 days. Okay. But the problem was I knew what number day one was. I knew what day three was. And I really was like, oh, number three is coming. You know, oh, <laughs> like, no. there's something in there I don't want. And I knew it was coming the rotation. Right. So now I just make all these random bags of food and my husband just throws them in a box. So it's kind of like, Ooh, awesome. Like I love this mix. Yeah. And then that kind of thing. Um, and like I was saying, if I get really tired of something, he pulls that out, throws it in the other bag, but I know not everybody has that kind of support at home. So I'm really yeah. fortunate that I do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, as you said earlier, you have done it the other way too, though, right? Like resub or like buying food at Dollar Tree, or was that all still a planning ahead thing, like buying it at Dollar Tree and then sending it to yourself or like, like that right. That was still, yeah. I, I've, all, I've never done the resupply in town. Ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just wow. because that's just one thing I just don't want to have to deal with. Um, yeah. And I am so particular about like my carbs and protein, that kind of thing that I want to make sure I had the foods that meet my needs. Yeah. Um, and the food tasting good is super important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so having foods like eating from a convenience store, it can be done, but it's not necessarily what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so that kind of thing that I just rather have a box that I know I love this food. I've tested it. Like I feel good. You know, all those variables are taken care of. Right. Okay. Kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. And, and so I'm getting older, so it makes a difference. <laughs> oh, like not having to go into town every, every time and, well, and stuff. I, not having as good a food. Um, oh, right. If I didn't okay. do it myself, I definitely could feel the difference. Because I noticed when I was doing the Appalachian Trail that I was so social going into town and getting, I don't know, something at the convenience store that was like the thing the convenience store is known for, whether it's a sandwich or something or yeah. going out to dinner. I mean, my diet was just all over the place. And I yeah. could tell I just didn't feel very good because oh. I was out of my normal plan of how I normally eat. Okay. Um, so I was like, I'm not going to do that again. That was a great social experience, but right. actually performance wise, I felt horrible. Right. Okay. 
but but I guess yeah. But like it, it can be done. Like something oh, I think that you would you um, help your clients with sometimes is like right. adapting to that kind of like yeah like recent. Right. But it's a matter of preference. It's just a matter of preference. Yeah. I prefer not to, but it can be done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um. So what are your thoughts on? I think I think I know what your thoughts are, but I'd still I know that there are like listeners have sent me this question and I have this question as well. Your thoughts on rehydrating food in freezer bags. Like I did some research on the Ziploc website and I found, you know, they say that their freezer bags are safe to use with hot water. Um, but I know some people are still hesitant. W- yeah. What, what are your, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Actually, I need to look into that a little bit more. Um, did you happen to see, is there a, a certain degree of heat that's the more concerning it was actually the reason why I'm asking is my meals they're designed to not need boiling water they're designed oh. just to need warm water oh, so I don't okay. even know if the bags get hot enough to cause a problem oh fair um, yeah the other thing I was wondering is like what's the exposure time in the plastic to be a problem so if you're only cooking in them for like a minute or two is that going to be a problem I haven't dug down into that my more concern of using plastic baggies is the environmental impact of course yeah having all that going into the garbage so actually I can't reach my headphones aren't long enough I was going to reach for the compostable bags that I'm using now oh Um, so I've transitioned wholly to compostable bags because um, when I did the was doing my PCT AT year in 2017 I counted up 450 plastic baggies wow that I used so and I just like wow that's just me so when you yeah. think of thousands of hikers out there every year, it's like, this is not okay. Like, I just can't do this. So now I've also transitioned to any bag that I have that ingredients come in that's a zipper top. I recycle those and we'll put yeah. meals in those. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I don't even use, so if it's like a, I don't know, a bag of dried raisins or something that has a zipper, that will now be the meal that had the dried raisins in it. Right. Um, kind of thing. But yeah. I haven't looked into the actual, what temperature and exposure duration is yeah. concerned. Yeah. I'm trying to find it now because it's been it's been so long since I did look it up. And to be honest, I, I've been all over the map. I I used to rehydrate my meals in freezer bags. And then I just found I thought of and I reuse them. I don't use them once. I use them until basically like they're leaking too much to mm-hmm. use anymore. But I found even on like a week or 10 day long trip, I didn't want to. The bags were so gross to clean. And they get so greasy and, and those little tiny, cor- you know, the, the little mm-hmm. corners. Are, yeah, I honestly, I found, I find it less of a pain just to clean my toques pot. So right. now I've just reverted back to pour, pouring the water into my pot and, and using the pot or like putting the food right. in, in with the, yeah, into the pot. But, um, but I do know a lot of people use freezer bags and yeah, I have questions about that. Um, but you, your meals use war- like warm water, not boiling water. And then you just use compostable bags? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's been my transition. Unfortunately, the compostable bags, I'm able to buy them because I'm essentially like a food company. Yeah. Um, they come in packs. The smallest packs are 100. And that company, I don't like their brand as well. The brand that I really mm. like that I use, the packs come in 1,000. So oh. they're not really user-friendly for the consumer. So we're actually yeah. working on, that's another thing, kind of my 2024, 2023 plan is to get those onto the website so people can buy them in reasonable oh, cool. quantities. Yeah. Um, my complaint, I was going to show you, I can't reach it right now, is that they're, so, they're 
meant for more storage than actually eating out of because they're really long. So you uh, have to have a long spoon. Otherwise your hand is in there and getting all goopy yeah. and that kind of thing. So I'm still doing some trail testing to find like the perfect size bag that yeah. I really like that's backpacker friendly. And then we're going to hopefully resell them on our site so people cool. can actually buy them in like packs of 10 or 20. Kind of right. Thing. A little more practical. That's right. funny. Now I'm picturing the evolution of the long spoon and it just gets like longer and longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> These different bags. <laughs> um, are there any foods people should avoid eating, um, you know, before or during intense physical exertion? Um, yeah, just something that they should keep out of their diet. I don't know. I'm going to believe her like no food is a bad food. Yeah. It's all about how much food. <laughs> right. Um, so, and I'm also, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, food makes me happy. So if it's something that may have a little more sugar in it that I don't need to eat every single day, but like having a Snickers bar at the end of a really long day makes me happy, then I'm going to eat a Snickers bar, <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Because there's actually protein, carbs, and fat in, those, in a Snickers bar. I can rationalize it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. For me. Um, so yeah, same thing. I mean, like eating processed food over and over and over again isn't going to be healthy for you in the long run kind of thing. I mean, it's just kind of basic nutrition things, but yeah. I don't like to say don't eat X ever again kind of right. thing. Um, because you're going to have cravings. There's going to be times you're going to want those Sour Patch Kids. Totally fine. But eating all those all day long and not having complex carbs, you're just going to have sugar rush after sugar rush kind of yeah. thing. So. Yeah. So just ba yeah, balancing everything. Balance. Yeah. Taking taking the free beer from the Trail Angel, but but like being moderate about it. <laughs> well, and I never drink soda at home, but it right. tastes so good when you're backpacking. <laughs> and then I have no problems with that because I'm obviously needing the extra sugar to like kind of get me through the afternoon, but it's yeah. not something like I drink gallons of soda every single day. So yeah, well, you're really working for it. when, yeah. when you're on well, the We trail. talked about it, like you're burning off that sugar. You're yeah. using that as energy kind of thing. It's not sitting around and just turning into stored energy or fat. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's fair. And then, um, what are signals people might look out for or, or what are what are some signs that could potentially be easy to ignore that somebody is not getting the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients that they that they need um just and this is what i noticed earlier just feeling tired yeah. I mean, don't attribute just that you're hiking, you're supposed to be tired. Yeah. It's that not having enough food calories, not having enough carbs, you know, all those things, or even like being anemic, you could be tired because you're actually nutrition, nutrition deficient versus right. just you're been exercising all day long. So right. that kind of thing. So that I would actually, if you're feeling overly tired, just eat more and then see if like it goes away kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's sort of persistent, you know, like over weeks or whatever, you might want right. to kind of like revisit. Then go get checked out kind of yeah. thing. Yeah get some blood work. And, and actually on that note, um, what are some recommend, like, what would you recommend as some sources of protein that people can easily find, you know, during a through hike that work for vegetarians? Like I know, I know beans in general are good, but also like people don't necessarily want to carry a can of baked beans into the woods. So, um, yeah. What, what do you recommend as some like easy to find, easy to prepare, Protein so sources. easy one to use if you're okay with soy products mm -hmm. is textured vegetable protein. Oh, TVP. It's, yeah, TVP. It's Love at a it. lot of grocery stores. It doesn't weigh anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a lot of flavor, so you can throw it in anything. Um, so I use a ton of it just to add extra protein. Um, if you're doing a lot of drinks, like chia seeds adds a little extra protein too. Oh. Um, so that's like an easy way to sneak it in there. Throwing some more nuts into your diet, um, get some extra protein in. Mm -hmm. If you're lacto-ovo, if you like cheese, 
like throwing some extra cheese into things. Um, so I think there's all kinds of ways to kind of like beef up your, I hate to use beef up for a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vegetarian myself. Yeah. Is to boost your protein intake. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's a better way to say it. Um, there's all those kinds of things that you can start doing. To, and like the nut butter powders are really easy ways to do oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. Milk true. powder. I love milk powder. Yeah. Milk powder is great. I, I'll put milk powder in my oatmeal in the morning. It's kind of the only way I want oatmeal. Like if, if I can't put milk in it, I don't really want it. Um, well, and that's yeah. the thing, like talking about oatmeal on the trail, instead of just using the instant packets, get milk powder, add some nuts, add mm. some dried fruit, some coconut chips in it too. Mm. So it goes from like a 90 calorie packet to like, it could easily be a 400, 500 calorie meal. Right. Just by adding in some extra thing and it tastes so much better too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No. And I mean like, oh yeah, the, the TVP thing, uh, like I will just add, um, taco seasoning I know it's processed and everything but taco seasoning with tvp and then throw that into some mac and cheese or whatever mm -hmm. if you're having pasta or, or in a tortilla yep. oh so good yep. um <laughs> throw some like fried fried onion on there sandwich chopper thingies Th these are my my you drooling yeah I know right <laughs> see you looking off into space Just you're like oh off. this looks so good <laughs> I know I know you know like uh you're you're like hitting on some um, some good backcountry meals when you can still look like daydream about them when you're not on trail. Right. <laughs> well, and that's um, one of my key things too, is I really encourage people to eat like they would at home. Yeah. Because, like it's just normal food. Yeah. So, like all you have to do is like, think about like one of my favorites is I took my mom's spaghetti that she made as, when I was a child mm -hmm. and I've just converted that into dry ingredients and it cool. tastes the same. Yeah. Um, like for Thanksgiving, we just did a hike. Um, and my grandfather always made sweet potato casserole mm. for Thanksgiving. So I've since taken that recipe, dried it, and it reminds me of him every time I'm out there. So it's just Aww. that kind of thing. It's really a sentimental recipe, actually. Um, but it's just normal food. I'm not going out and having these really weird concoctions like ramen bombs. That just sounds horrible to me. Yeah. Um, instant potatoes and ramen just sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but, I hope I'll never have to. <laughs> I hope I'll yeah, never have so to try people it. People love it, which is fine. But yeah. Just for me, I'd rather just eat normal food like I would normally eat at home every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, what are some what are some resources people can use to plan their their nutrition in the backcountry? I know we've already you mentioned some of your favorite cookbooks for more sort of gourmet recipes. Um, you're launching your calculator. What are some other resources that people should uh, should check out? Well, if people want to get really nerdy, they can come to our blog. So backcountryfoodie.com slash blog. They're all written by dietitians that are backpackers. Okay. So we've done deep dives into like carbs, protein, sugars, keto. I mean, we've done deep dive. It's all nutrition or excuse me, science-based information. So it's not your what's my favorite stove kind of blog. It's not my right. favorite, you know, meal kind of blog thing. It's you're like really getting in there, the nitty gritty, if that's yeah. what you're interested in. Um, and then the other thing we offer on our website is our meal planner which I think is super duper cool because it's automated. So okay. you literally just choose whatever food you want drop it into the meal plan and it adds up all the nutrition for you. Wow. So before I know when I first started, before we developed this, it was all by hand. I had an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, you'll see all kinds of those online or downloadable Excel spreadsheets, but, mm -hmm. and it does calories, carbs, protein, uh, fat. And we've got so many folks that are members that have diet restrictions that we've got the sugar on it. We've got the sodium on it. So we have a lot of folks that are on um, heart medications that have to really right. watch their sodium. Yeah. So it does that. Um, it tells you how much water that you're going to need for that meal plan. So Sorry. if you're doing a really dry hike, then you can be like, Whoa, like 
I'm not going to have two liters, you know, just not that much water. So it kind of lets you know that it's like a red flag. Like this is a bad idea. It can help you do that. It tells you how much it weighs. So if you're adding in a bunch of foods, you're like, oh, I'm already over like two and a half pounds. That's way too much. So you can start kind of taking things in and out to really meet your ultimate goals. So that I love. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, our recipes, of course. Um, and I've trail tested all of them. So I've done all the, Ooh, this tastes really bad. <laughs> it's not going on there. Only the good ones are on there. Write it down in the meal um, diary. Well, yeah, I do. I keep a little notebook when I'm out there and kind of taking notes, like it needs more talk. I love taco seasoning, like mm-hmm. needs more taco seasoning or it needs less water, you know, those kind of things when I'm out there yeah. trail testing, but we have over 200 in there right now. Oh, great. And I add more every single month. Like I'm always in the kitchen coming up with something new. Amazing. Yeah. And then also just to, to recap this, cause you sort of blew my mind. So if people have the choice between, you know, like getting their hand, like getting their hands on some freeze dry. Okay, well, I don't know, maybe it's a moot point, but like if somebody really wants to try and incorporate fruits and vegetables into their diet on their hike, and they, they do want to try and squeeze out as much nutrition as possible from, from those. Um, I guess at the end of the day, freeze drying is, is going to be a little bit better than than dehydrating uh, vitamin wise yeah. yes it's vitamin significantly wise. better yeah. yeah okay good but to know the bone, yeah the only there's kind of drawbacks things i like about i use some dehydrated and some freeze-dried for different things freeze-dried it retains the same shape and the size of the yeah food, so it actually is bulkier it's significantly lighter lighter excuse me because the percentage of water is like next is it's almost zero yeah um, so it's stable for 20 plus years um versus dehydrated it, the percentage of moisture is still anywhere between 10 to 15 percent so right it's still ultimately like mold and spoil. with spoil and that kind of thing with time yeah but then if your volume of your food is your big concern it does shrink down by 50 percent. so it's kind of like do you have room in your pack for the healthier or do you need to go like i'll take a vitamin and have the smaller volume kinds of foods yeah so it's just kind of a trade-off as to what your goals are cool all right no that's that's great that makes a lot of sense and nice to hear nice to hear some i don't know feedback about multivitamins because i feel like i've I've heard so much. I mean, I take one, but I feel like I've heard so much over the years about how, you know, like it's not a, you know, multivitamins are not a replacement for vitamins that you get in food and you pee out most of it and blah, 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 blah. Well, and they're Um, not FDA regulated. So what's in one vitamin might be different from the next and some brands are more reputable than others. So yeah, it's all those kinds of, I don't subscribe to like any of the really fancy, highly marketed vitamins. I right. just pure old Centrum one a day, you know, bare basic. basic it doesn't have like 700% of vitamin C in it because you don't need it all. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. essentially like a hundred percent of everything. So like I said, I try to eat as well as I can, but that just gives me the peace of mind that I'm kind of topping off whatever I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, people are already taking a multivitamin. So they just continue taking what they're, right. they're already taking. All right. Right. Amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Or I don't think so. I think we covered yeah. a lot yeah. of stuff. Hopefully yeah. it's pretty helpful for people. I, I think it will be. It's been pretty helpful for me. Um so I'll just assume that it's also going to be really helpful for everyone else. <laughs> and um yeah, thank you so much for for your time and sharing your expertise and good luck on uh launching launching the calculator and yeah, I'm excited. your upcoming things. <laughs> So yeah, I'll be looking forward to following you on your trail and see how Thank it goes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be following some of your advice for sure. Okay. <laughs>